You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello. Hello. Anyone around here speak basketball? Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, looking good on the other end are you? I'm your producer. I'm Matt Duncan. Freddie, you're back from Puerto Rico. You paid your respects to Raul Julia. And yep. uh, I think that's it. I think you got right back on the plane after that. I did. Yeah, I just popped off, <laughs> paid my respects. Um, I saluted M. Bison and I uh, hit the road. Um, <laughs> but uh, quick little Puerto Rico basketball thing. Um, I walked by uh, this beautiful court at one point in old San Juan. And I found out later that uh, uh, it was there because Carmelo Anthony uh, had like funded it. So it's like, this, oh. so I saw, I ended up seeing a lot of Carmelo Anthony jerseys in Puerto Rico and I'm, Oh, that's I cool. uh, assume that's why. Is he is he Puerto Rican? Does he have any like I know or just I know of. Um, oh, I didn't know that. But about him. Uh, yeah, uh, also Roberto Alomar, big deal. Oh He's yeah, a big deal there. Um, Huge. Yeah, if I wanted to make friends quickly, I'd be like Roberto Alomar, and I'd be like, okay, what's up, Ricky Martin? Um, cheers. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't try that. Um, okay, let's uh, let's jump right uh, into some yeah. stuff. But first. Um, uh, you know, again, thanks everyone for um, um, coming to the show, listening to the show. We are Raptors uh, and NBA show. We're hardcore. So we're with Raptors Republic. Uh, and with that, there's a big event coming up. Matt, yeah. if you want to plug it. Yeah, we'll give a quick plug to the live podcast we've got coming up on February 7th at the legendary Rivoli on Queen Street West. Go to RaptorsRepublic.com to get your tickets. 20 bucks includes a drink, and there's the, the cast just keeps getting bigger. Listen, Fred, there hasn't been this much buzz around the Rivoli since like a group of guys started doing sketch in the 80s and called it Kids in the Hall. Wow. Um, <laughs> deep cut. I love it. Uh, kids in the hall. Uh, first place I, uh, uh, one of the first places I ever did sketch comedy as well. Me no too. big deal. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm excited about today's pod. I've been, you know, we haven't been away, uh, you know, in the middle of a season like this. This is like one of the most intellectually wild Raptor seasons I can ever remember. So uh, I'm very excited for these two guests. Uh, first, let's bring on a returning guest. Um, you you know him if you've uh, uh, heard him talk about uh, the Raptors on CP24. Um, also, uh, Raptors HQ, that's a rap podcast. Uh, has one of the cutest dogs in the world. Um, just just a great guy. 
Uh, great stats. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're home alone, for Jay Rosales. Yes. Thanks for that intro. No problem. Almost for- so good that I lost the hat and showed you my horrible hair. But no, I'm hiding under this hat. Happy hey. to be here. Can't wait to talk about Raptors and what was it? Uh, I'm surprised at Carmelo Anthony and not Carlos Arroyo. Uh, we were talking about Puerto Rican basketball legends. Right? Yeah, you know, uh, I, 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 I didn't mean to disrespect uh, Arroyo. Um, <laughs> that's the, hey, he's a, he's a good player. Um, let's, uh, let's bring on guest number two. Uh, it's his first time doing the podcast. Uh, we started chatting maybe about a, uh, a month ago. Uh, he had this incredible article on uh, Fred Van Vliet. Um, uh, he's since written more, uh, a great basketball mind. I'm really excited, uh, you know, to have him here for, uh, I think potentially his podcast debut. Um, yeah, we, we talked for, you know, uh, hours uh, the first time we, we chatted on the phone, uh, just all sorts of basketball stuff. Uh, he's bringing a lot to the table here. Uh, make some noise, even if you're at home alone, for Nigel Nicholas. This is your music, by the way. Thank you very much, Freddie. Uh, I think he oversold me a little bit, but uh, I do appreciate it very much. Hey, um, you know, I'm 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 Team Masai here. <laughs> Believe in Toronto. Believe you can win. Believe in your guests. Uh, I appreciate that Australia. very much. No, I appreciate you uh, uh, joining the pod. Um, and I think, yeah, let's let's get to it because there because there's just yeah, too little time, too much to talk about. Matty D, good sir. I I know you got some weird owl stings for me. Um, please give me your most delicious Raptors weird owl sting. The Renter Raptors. Who's their mascot? Fred Flintstone. Okay. Switch it up. We got a Gilbert Godfrey now. <laughs> you guys know Gilbert. Oh, shit. Freddy Word Bird Weird Al just dropped in. Trust in Masai. There we go. <laughs> Word Bird. Um, I'll just say, I'll, I'll just move on. But Word Bird, thank you. Shout out to Fred uh, Penner. <laughs> yeah, Matty D <laughs> is just shouting out avant-garde comedians uh, all over the place here. Um, that's what he does. He's the greatest. Thank you, Matty D. Uh, let's let's go to you first, Jay. Um, and you know, I think this is almost a bit of a facetious question because it's a bit too simple, but I think it will be a good starting point here um, for other conversation. Uh, should the uh, should the Raptors? Uh, bring back Pirtle uh, in a Gary Trent Jr. trade. Uh, I'll start by saying yes. Um, okay. It's not, a, it's not a hard yes. It's more yeah. of a soft yes. But a, a lot of it depends on what the package is going to include, right? Mm-hmm. So the the scenario with Gary Trent Jr., if we remember how he arrived in a Raptors uniform, was kind of similar. Norm Powell was possibly going to be leaving in the summer for free, or not free, for nothing. So the Raptors were able to recoup and get Gary Trent Jr., a younger version of Norm Powell with better defense, and we have kind of reaped the rewards of that. And it's kind of a similar situation now where Gary Trent Jr. has kind of outplayed his current contract, which has a player option. He's definitely going to drop that. So you're back in that same scenario where 
you could possibly lose him for nothing in the summer where he's going to command upwards of 25 million. Um, again, if you're of the belief that he should remain a Raptor and you think he will get that kind of money, then obviously you're not looking at trading him for Pirtle, but there are a lot of expensive contracts on their way, specifically Fred Van Vliet is going to be up soon. Then you're talking about extensions for Pascal and OG and, possibly uh you know the rookie extension for scotty so the the cap sheet's starting to you get a little bit uh, expensive up there and the one name that's at the top of the casualty list is very likely gary Trent jr so back to the original question if you can get something for gary especially someone as good as purtle i would do it i understand that he is um one of the only shooters left we have on this team he is mm-hmm. an instant offense but at the same time you're, you got to look forward because this is already a lost season. You got you start you need to start looking at what the future can hold for this team, and if recouping them and getting back Pirtle, count me in. Yeah, lot, lots of interesting points, and I think the the long term aspect of it is where my mind is at. So you know, if you had asked me this in the beginning of the year. I'm kind of a hard no. Um, you know, I was I was like, hey, we don't necessarily need a center. We got Coloco. He's coming. We're training. We, you know, we shouldn't be spending big money on on the center position. Uh, Precious is potentially a rim protector. Maybe Barnes is kind of a center. You know, a lot of that sort of, I guess, believing in Vision Six Nine more so as like a final product as opposed to this like asset accumulation thing. Um, now I think I am on the side of like my my gut says Gary's career is going to be better than Pirtles from this point forward. But also I think it, it comes down to who do you think you can resign and for what price? Uh, and also to me, it's an offense defense trade. Um, we really, yeah, we throw away our best shooter and we have kind of like a, a mobile big, but also I think, you know, uh, it's not a wild thing to say that you, you, you think you can probably get Pirtle for a cheaper price. Um, what's interesting to me though, is that Norm was unrestricted. Gary was restricted. So when we made that trade, it was kind of like, okay, this is an asset control move. This trade. Yeah. If it's just the two players, like you said, it's obviously rumors and not finalized, but if it's just the two players, Jakob's unrestricted. So I wonder, you know, are you like, are you punting for security or are you actually like opening up a different kind of scary scenario um yeah i, I don't want to take all the points away uh, i so I, i'm sort of in the middle like i wouldn't be devastated by it but i do think the cap sheet is growing i'm not all the way on the lost season thing but i do think that uh this group is too expensive potentially mm-hmm. um or headed that way for for how they're performing right you don't want to be all the way in the luxury and and a super expensive team for a team that's really, you know, it's kind of struggling to be close to 500. Uh, Nigel, um, yeah, just uh, take the basic question and then go, you know, whatever way you want, uh, the Gary Pirtle trade. So, number one, right off the get-go, we need a center. 
Um, big, big issue for the team is the POA defense, point of attack defense. Um, by bringing that center, that eases that whole situation. And really, we've been playing a ton of minutes for Fred, and he doesn't need to play, play a lot of minutes. We need to ease that situation up by bringing the center. We can free up people like Malachi to play more minutes, people like Banton, people like Downton. I think Nurse will be happier with them behind him. Um, by bringing the center, we also help simplify our defense. The amount of systems and structures yeah. underneath is just ridiculous right now, and it takes a lot of energy, and it takes a constant coordination between the five guys. Any little thing is going to lead to big issues. Um, should allow more focus on offense as well. If we're simplifying that defense, it allows us to move away from that read and react, which is, hasn't, been, hasn't been very effective currently. Uh, we can maybe put a little bit more structure into that offense, and hopefully that should facilitate better shot creation as well and leading to better shots, shooting splits. But uh, I'm not sure Pirtle is the one. Um, apparently he's asking for $20 million for his next contract. Mm-hmm. If we're giving up Gary because of the fact that we don't have the financial flexibility to keep him, and then we had Pirtle at 20, it doesn't really make sense from that point of view. Uh, hopefully, I was hoping we get, if we were going to trade him, maybe some flex- flexibility and a piece or two, either a draft pick and a piece. I don't know what you're going to get back for Gary at the moment. And the second issue for me is Pirtle works best as a connector. He's out there on the perimeter, setting screens, pick and rolls, doing all those things, which is also Scotty's best role, and he's been great at it lately mm-hmm. um I, I i don't think the fit becomes less and less now um because let's face it scotty's the future the more we can get him involved in the offense the more we can put him out there and feel comfortable the kid's got a great future and i think we've got to explore that more yeah great point so you know i think the the two all sort of like you know open the floor up uh that, that i think are really interesting is kind of uh, this idea of uh, of simplifying the defense. And, you know, I brought it before. I think there's this would be an offense for defense trade. Um, our identity was supposed to be a defensive team. Um, we'd be trading our very best shooter. Um, and I'll, I'll get to the, the kind of the contract stuff in a sec. But, yeah, uh, Jake, uh, l- let me go back to you with that, with, with Nigel's point there. Well, you know, what do you feel sort of about, like, do you think that, uh, Pirtle would add enough to this team's defense that we would kind of go back to our identity? Like, is is he going to make it easier on Pascal, on, um, you know, uh, OG, on Scotty? Because, you know, I, I, he's not like a shooter you can kick out to, right? Like, uh, but but he is a, a more traditional center. Yeah, and, and I think that there's, there's a, a way in which he benefits the team on both ends. Uh, Nigel touched on it a bit here, um, but there is a domino effect of having someone who can be your last line of defense. And I, I get that that Precious Achua can can provide that, but he I can also see him as being that point of attack defender where waiting for you in the paint is Pirtle. So again, defensively, I yeah. see how he can kind of allow the other four on the defensive end to kind of do their thing and not expend as much energy. Right. Right. Um, and then of course the, the trickle effect of that is it, 
it possibly generates more transition opportunities for the number one transition offense in the NBA. That's right. a defensive end. On the offensive end, um, I, I get the concern about losing Gary, as 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 you both pointed out. You know, he's, he's probably the best shooter on on this team, but. This, the Raptors are, I believe they are number seven or eight in the NBA in shot quality, meaning that they're able to generate this, these open shots for everyone on the team. I get, again, I get it. Gary's not on the team to make those shots, mm-hmm. but you still have good quality shots that are being generated. That's going to get get even better with Pirtle around to set those screens. So, so kind of going back to what the off season will look like. A, you may lose Gary for nothing. And so you're looking for a shooter anyways. But B, the fact that you have this this high shot quality means that it's just really a matter of those shots being knocked down. Um, OG, Pascal, Fred, all of them are slowly starting to tick their numbers back up again. So I think that at the end of the day, this ends up being more of a positive for this team than a negative. And again, if we're going to talk about the cap sheet and the difference of let's say 20 for Pirtle and 25 for Gary, that's actually a big difference. That five extra five million is enough of a difference for me that I would I would make a trade like this. Again, I think that this offseason, the Raptors will try to find more shooting. Um, again, we don't know the full details of what mm-hmm. this trade could entail, but we also know right. that Doug, Doug McDermott is is also a name that's rolling out there, right? So maybe he's included. I don't know, but I, I would still do this on, on because Jakob helps on both ends of the, of the mm-hmm. floor. And, and and I'll add to that. I think um, this sort of this perception with with Otto Porter that because he uh, you know is injured and missing the season, it's sort of like uh, the the Raptors front office has purposely punted shooting, right? You know, of course he's had an injury history, um, but I, I I think that they 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 understand at least to a certain degree that they need shooting. So I can't imagine that, you know, they're, they're like, Oh, well we've lost auto Porter. Um, and we're going to get uh, Joe, Joe Weisskamp or Weisskamp, Sorry. Um, and that's it. Like, that's it. That's all we need. Uh, like that to me doesn't really seem like, that seems like they're a bit, a bit out to lunch. Um, and, and I don't feel like that front office is like that. So um yeah. Uh, any final points here, Nigel, before we move on to the next question? Yeah. You know what? I think uh, I, I I really wish we'd taken that speedy Claxton trade. We can finagle that somewhere. That would have been a nice little move for us. Um, I don't know whether it was on the table or not, but uh, what he's done this year is fantastic. I, I do think we need that mobile center. Uh, I don't know how we get it. I don't know how it's going to get done, but it's a priority for me. Fair. Um, I also love that you said Speedy Claxton. Oh, no, that's just... yeah. That no, that's like for the NBA and for the for the old heads. <laughs> Claxton, that's a real player, and Speedy Claxton was awesome. But, didn't yeah, play center though. That's he didn't center. play center, and he was Speedy. Um, Nick Claxton is fast. <laughs> yes, I hear that. Um, uh, he's a he's a mobile big. Uh, I know. Yeah, of course, one of the many many guys that were you know, link to the Raptors, you know, was that a, was that a real thing? Was it not? Um, you know, those sort of the things we, we never get to know. And then uh, adding to the confusion of everything is this, uh, this idea, which I think is largely true that the Raptors don't leak. So when you hear things, mm-hmm. it's often other teams saying, I want this guy. Um, 
But yeah, we're going to stick with you, Nigel. And uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit before the podcast started uh, about tanking. Uh, You know, it's in the air. We are six games below 500. Uh, I am pretty firmly anti-tank in general, just as, you know, for a variety of reasons. Anyone who's listened to this podcast before, um, yeah, I'm not going to go on a tirade about anti-tanking, especially in the year where, there's these major assets that a lot of people want. I get it. I get why people want to tank. L- you know, losing and being in the middle is rough. It sucks. Um, but uh, yeah, so weave that into the you know this question. However you like. Uh, the question is, uh, have you seen enough of this iteration of this? You know, the 2023 Raptors uh, with all the caveats included: Pascal, Precious, Porter, etc. Fred. Um, have you seen enough of this team to make long-term conclusions uh, about, uh, you know, the core? So, no, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. There's just so many contradictory points. How we did well last year, second half, this second half, two totally different teams. And there's been a lot of different variables in there. Um I, I honestly think a lot of the minutes from last year are really affecting this current version. I think uh, you see that a little bit. Stephen's an energy guy. He's not playing with as much energy as he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at what's happened to Fred. And then we, we haven't even had Precious on there at all. He's just come back, and he's yeah. still not 100%. And he has already made a difference, I think, at this point. You can see that there's some chemistry out there that we missed. Um, and yeah. he's, he's definitely a shot blocker that we haven't had before. It's also an incomplete roster. Uh, we've talked about the center's position. We've talked about the fact that Nick Nurse doesn't want to play his uh, bench because he has no faith in them at this point. But is this core good enough to win a championship? Uh, that's the thing, right? You know what? You're really tied in after this. You're not getting if you're if you're taking whoever. If you're going to go with uh, with Gary, or you're going to go with uh, another center, or whatever you're doing with it. That financial flexibility, I, I, I know cap raises and whatever else, but we're really, really going to be tight to make any other little moves. Uh, I'm not sold on this core as is, but the X factor is obviously Scotty. How good can he be as that number one, number two guy? We don't know yet. It's it's a huge thing. What was glimpses we see in the second half here of the last couple months, couple of weeks, has been fantastic. The way he can... So he's a jack of all trades, and you can question his mastery, but you can't question his ability to affect winning. And mm-hmm. he has been outstanding at this point, as far as that goes. As far as tanking, I hate tanking. I hate the fact that we're playing competitive sport, and all of a sudden you're trying to lose. It's like fixing games to me. Okay, I'm against it, but I understand the strategy of it. And for a team like ours who don't get free agents. And Victor Webanyama is on the other end of that draft. And if there's anything that Masai likes, it's a freak. And is there any more freakiness <laughs> than that guy? No. So he just changes everything. But if we're going to do it, I want a blitzkrieg. I forget the tanks. I want the Panzers. I want them rolling across Belgium into Paris. I want to have three picks in this lottery. Sell Siakam. Sell everything. I want... Get this done in two years, multiple picks over the next two years, and let's see what happens. 
Um, lots of good points there. Uh, I, I also love that you that you went straight to just like war references. Um, you know, forget the tank and just you went you went to another level. Also, if there's a if there's an easy title uh, for this episode is uh, it's um, Masai loves loves a good freak, um, <laughs> which I think we know to be true. Um, shout out Bruno, but yeah. Um, I think what I, what's really interesting to me uh, before I go to Jay here uh, with this core, um, you know, I, I, I off the top of your guys' head, uh, your guys' heads. What, what, does anyone remember the game that Precious came back? Like, are we at like six, seven games ish? Yeah, yeah, Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, 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 something like that. Right? Uh, you know, I'm just looking at like you know. I, I, the Raptors have like not really lost by like there's the Atlanta loss I'm looking at. There's just a lot of close losses uh, that time out with the return of Precious. And I think that, um, you know, back to Jay's point about Pirtle, there's a domino effect when you add talent on the court. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of hard to say the Precious domino but maybe it's an injection of energy and athleticism, right? Like uh, I just, yeah, I, I, there's so much unsolved with this core and I think they're so young. Um, and I think even if you're, Hey, let's build around Scotty, you should ask yourself, okay, what's the ideal team around Scotty? Is it OG? Is it Pascal? Is it an aging fret? What is the, what would you surround Scotty with to win a championship? Do you give Scotty a bunch of young players? I don't know, right? He's 21. Um, so uh, do you put do you say, hey, Scotty, it's your team? I'm putting you in front of the Toronto media. Let's hope you don't crack. I, I, that's not my vibe. Like I'm like, let's let's make sure this guy's in a good position to grow and become the superstar that we we all think he can be. Um, so that's my version of kind of like even if we are, saying like we're, we're we're not contending i think it's about putting scotty in the play in putting scotty in the 8 seed whatever it is putting scotty in these high leverage positions um as opposed to saying you know let's let's give scotty a bunch of other you know young guys right that that are finding their way in the league like i i want scotty to be in i've said this before in the podcast but in a similar to situation as uh, Kawhi with Spurs. Like I want him to be in a culture that's as strong as possible. Um, yeah. That's why I said. I wouldn't tank rant, but uh, I ranted a bit, but yeah, I, I think there's so much that's strong with this core and part of what's really, Oh, oh Jay just said 12 games. So precious has been back for 12 games. So if I look through the list, there's probably been some bad losses in there, but really, you know, it does seem like he, as he scales up minute wise and, you know, hopefully has the trust of nurse is a guy that can, you know, fill in for OG in the starting lineup. He can, he can do a lot. Um, and is, is uh, outside of Scotty, like I, I would say, uh, you know, probably has to be the number two prospect on this team, right? Like he's, he's, he's special. I think um, Jay uh, again, uh, I always feel bad when it's a, the, uh, I talk a bunch after the, uh, the first answer, but yeah, where are you at with this core? Um, I guess with tanking in general as well, since we went there, um, have you seen enough? Uh, do you want to see more? Yeah. A couple of things addressed and both of you made very, 
very good points. Um, first, I want to just define the core. So I think we all are in agreement that Scotty Barnes and Precious are part of that core. They're both young. They're both on rookie contracts. So let's just park them. We know yep. they're part of the core. Uh, I would also add that Pascal is part of that core because if we're thinking about who to surround Scotty with, um, sure, you want to surround him with scorers or shooters, but at the heart of it all, you have a top 15 player in Pascal. So for mm-hmm. me, that is also part of the core. Yep. I would also add in OG to that core because, um, of course, he's like the premier 3 and D guy in this league, someone that every single team should be trying to trade for, every mm-hmm. single team. And he's on a team-friendly contract, at least for another year. So for me, he is as... He's also part of that untouchable unless the rumors are true that teams are offering three first round picks or whatever. Um, So for me, those four are the core. The reason why I don't have Fred and Gary in that core is because a, both of them could technically just walk in the summer. So you need to be a little bit more open-minded for these trade offers that come through. So that's just more framing on who this core is. Now, when I think about if I've seen enough, um, I'm on the fence too. Uh, my initial answer was similar to Nigel, where it's like, no, I have not seen enough. I want to see more. You know, Precious is working his way back. We're seeing the effect that he has. He's starting to look like that guy that we saw in the second half of last year. So I want to see more of that. On the flip side, I think, and maybe this is just me nitpicking on things that fit my narrative of always being glass half full. I think we, the Raptors are effectively tiptoeing the line between playing good and entertaining basketball and kind of tanking. Like I know that I, I hear both of you saying mm-hmm. tanking. No, shouldn't be doing it. It's a bad product. But what if I told you that the Raptors can give you the impression that they're good enough while kind of tanking? Like let's just use the example of the Boston <laughs> game, right? That's not far fetched. They played well enough to win that Boston game. Then Nick nurse was like, you know what? I'm going to call a timeout, even though we have a four and one break and could possibly take a lead. No, 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 no. We're good enough to beat the Celtics. We've shown enough. Let's go lose now. Or it's, hey, we've got a 14 point lead with a couple minutes left against Timberwolves. Okay, you can you can take your foot off the gas now. So what I'm getting at is it's not as blatant as OKC Thunder were a couple years ago, where it's like, okay, let's just put Shea on the bench for the last 20 games. Good luck, OKC fans, trying to find something entertaining in that. It is, I'm going to play my guys. I'm going to even play my guys 40 minutes a game, give you a good product, but I'm going to do 40 minutes a game, even though I promised 30 minutes a game, because I want them to be a little tired in the fourth quarter. Of course, you're risking injuries. And of course, I'm just talking out of my ass here. (laughs) This is what Masai has always been doing. Not the, the whole possibly tanking thing, but the tiptoeing the line between developing what he has and always being competitive. I think they're kind of doing that now of tiptoeing between showing that they have a good product, a good core and kind of just, okay, we're kind of cool with losing. And one final point on tanking. If you're uncomfortable with tanking, then maybe you can look at it differently and just cheer for the other teams. winning. (laughs) So go wizards. Go Lakers, go Blazers. Uh, you've got new fans in me. Uh, that's hilarious. And I think, you know, that's a really good point, right? You know, that in, in the, you know, the infamous Tampa tank, right? We didn't, so we didn't really tank like other teams. Like we stayed competitive. Of course, we shut down Kyle largely at the end of the season. Pascal got the shoulder injury, um, but we were 
you know, that was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the year where uh, the, the fake comeback got coined, right? Mm-hmm. Where we would blitz these teams at the end of the game um, and fight, right? It's like, it's, you know, it's a really good point, Jay, because I think it's sort of this mix, this balance of trying to hold on to a winning culture um, and acknowledging you're, you're not where you need to be to contend. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, I've said this before, but we're, we're not the only franchise that does stuff like this. Like, obviously you're seeing San Antonio completely bottom out, but you know, I remember at the beginning of the year, it's like, is Utah actually good? No, they're not. Uh, you know, is Indiana actually good? No, they're they're not, and they're not really trying to be. And both those teams are right around 500 now, and I would expect that they continue to lose a lot of games. Um, and but those franchises, there there's a certain type of attitude, and I think the Raptors share this, which is you know you can be you can fight to keep the culture, and you can understand that the big prize, the championship, playoff success, is not quite in your like within your grasp. Um, and to Nigel's point before, I think this team's also incomplete. And I feel like Bobby, I feel like Masai, and I feel like Nurse, they, they all know that. So um, that's that's woven into how we're operating right now. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a confusing year, you know, because you, you see glimpses from a lot of players. Uh, I'm sort of in this this territory where I really feel like this team is a house of cards that, you know, we keep getting delicately set up and it just takes one little thing, one timeout, one, um, you know, Dia, uh, this, uh, Oh God. Um, blank on his name, uh, star guard for, um, uh, Minnesota, D'Angelo Russell, mm. um, one, one rip through like one thing happen, And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second. No, like, you know, this team is finding ways to lose. They're not really finding ways to win. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the last thing I'll say is I feel like there's a lot of recent chemistry between Fred and Scotty, which is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And I, kind of what I thought was going to happen. And it seems like there's been kind of like team Scotty, team Fred this year. And I think we've sort of forgotten that they're on the same team and they can really bring out a lot of the, best in each other which is kind of where the culture thing comes in can, can i make a quick point on that yeah on the Scotty thing i mean and, and i forgot which one of you raised it about maybe there's value in the raptors at least getting some some play in uh reps and then getting used to that high yeah. high intensity like clutch basketball yes Scotty Barnes is, I think, number three in the NBA in fourth mm-hmm. quarter scoring. So he's getting the 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 clutch reps in game now. So that's again one of those things where it's like yeah. they're they're tiptoeing the line of like maybe mm-hmm. we can generate that clutch intensity thing without actually being in the play-in. So uh, again, it's 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 mm-hmm. really interesting to watch. And that Fred Scotty PNR is 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 a part of that, right? So really interesting to watch and so i'm basically saying like keep going man keep going towards you know winning 30 games but somehow looking like a 50 win team and we're also seeing a lot of that chemistry develop as those roles are more defined yeah and they're outside of each other's perimeter they kind of have their own lane now so that helps a lot and i think that should maybe something that should have been done earlier but you know whatever right 
Yeah, that's a great point. I think, you know, the role definition of this team um, is sort of solidifying a bit and, and it does seem like it's too late. Uh, I also wonder if, you know, Masai and Bobby, they kind of have this attitude like um, we go with the flow and part of the flow of this season is, um, you know, do you do you break your backs to get in the eight seed or ninth seed or 10 seed? Uh, but conversely, do you break your backs to try and compete with teams that are just you know, losing harder than you. Like you're not going to lose harder than the Pistons, <laughs> the Spurs, uh, or, or the Rockets. Like you're, you're not get you're not getting in those top three. Uh, maybe you get in the top seven, but maybe you're also okay with like a you know a first round exit and uh, drafting eleventh overall, right? Um, maybe that's not the worst thing. Um, but uh, let's get silly here. Uh, some 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 fun shenanigans went down. <laughs> Uh, this week, and this is my shit, man. I love this. Uh, so we're gonna switch to our NBA segment, uh, and Maddie D is gonna come in. But first, Maddie D, give us your your weirdest, funniest NBA weird Al sting. This is Adam Silver. Maddie D, what's up? Um, what's going on? Uh, not much, man. Um, this is our silly segment. Uh, Maddie D leads it because uh, he knows how to do it. Um, he knows how to bring the silly right away. Uh, so just to anyone, for anyone who loves weird drama, we have a Shannon Sharp, uh, Memphis, let's say yell off. Uh, you know, I don't know, punches were thrown or anything. I think jaw. Jaw's dad was involved. The immovable Stephen Adams was involved. I think there was about four security guards hitting him with like two by fours. Um, and he was just standing there with his ha- hair blowing in the wind. Um, it was funny. Uh, I love this shit. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what started it. So maybe, you know, you guys could fill me in, but uh, it was just, it was silly. Like big, like grown men yelling at each other um, and Shannon Sharp, like not playing in my head. I, I, I couldn't hear what was being said, obviously. So I just pictured Shannon Sharp going skip, skip. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So uh, I want you guys to imagine uh, a different, uh, sort of, you know, like adjacent scenario where this could happen. I'm thinking a star athlete, former athlete, whatever, uh, in a different NBA city, perhaps a different team um, that's instigating uh, a fight. So I want to know who the former athlete is. I want to know uh, what team they're fighting with. Uh, you know, I, I sort of, well, how does the drama start? Uh, Maddie, we're going to start with you. Okay. Uh, you know, give us a scenario, please. Okay, so the first person that came to mind for me is someone that always annoyed me watching hockey, and he is a former pest, Pickering, Ontario's own, Mr. Sean Avery, former New York Ranger. And here's the thing about Sean Avery. A lot of players, when they're coming off the ice or something, they get yelled at by fans that they suck or whatever. And then, you know, most pros don't even acknowledge it. They just walk right through. But Sean Avery 
He'll like one time literally stopped before he went down the tunnel, looked, made eye contact with the fan, took a beat and said, doesn't your work have a dental plan? (laughs) You're a mess. And then walked away. And you could tell it sounded like a young kid, maybe a late teenager. And he's like, just like, give me suck. Like he just (laughs) like felt like uh, he gets a little too deep. So with that preface, I feel like he's he's kind of known now for like going around New York City on his scooter or his bike and yelling at people in the bike lanes and stuff like that. Uh, So I he gets into your skin and I don't think he would ever go to Madison Square Garden because he has too much respect for the Knicks playing there to instigate anything with their team. But I think he'd go over the bridge to Brooklyn. And Mm. I think he would like get very personal with some of the things the players are struggling with there, like Kevin Durant's hair loss. I think he would like shame him to go to Turkey or something and get a hair transplant. And with, uh, (laughs) well, that's where he, that's the, place to go for a hair transplant okay good to know good to know (laughs) and uh and and of course ben simmons with everything he's going through i feel like i feel like it would turn into an insane altercation but here's the thing about sean avery is he wasn't really a fighter he's just one of those guys that really pissed you off and ran away so 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 he would he would like literally get chased around the court by durant which would be hilarious Uh, that's Yeah, this is a great scenario. Sean Avery, famous instigator. Um, when when you went the the hockey route, uh, I was thinking, like, who's that one guy? There was a there's a season where he was like licking people's noses. Oh, that's Brad Marchand. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's really good though. That guy yeah. was weird, man. That, just um, before COVID, yeah, he was licking everybody. Yeah, yeah. that guy's like, here, my deal is I lick your nose. <laughs> Yeah, Um, great, great way to kick it off, Maddie. Um, uh, We're gonna go to you. We're gonna go to you, Jay, on this next one. Who's your athlete? Uh, You know, what's the scenario? All right. Uh, Since since Maddie took us off of basketball and into hockey, I'm gonna take us off the NBA and into NCAA. Okay. This scenario. Cool. Uh, the head coach of the Georgetown Hoyas is none other than Patrick Ewing. Oh, so that's, wow. I'm, sta- I'm setting the stage a little bit here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'm envisioning is, you know, they they I, actually I don't even know how Georgetown's doing, but let's just say they make it to the March Madness tournament, and sitting there courtside, Scottie Pippen. Now, uh, if you've been uh, keeping up with yeah. the news here, actually, no, I do one more bit of table setting here. Sure. I think one of Scottie Pippen's most famous. Uh, highlights in his career was dunking over Ewing and stepping yep. over him and whatever. So let's just keep that in the back of your minds here. Recently, if you haven't been uh, checking on Twitter, um, uh, his ex-wife, Larsa Pippen, has come out as dating Michael Jordan's son. So there's a wow. IG post wow. of them holding hands. There's a dating. Uh, so the scenario I have in my head is over there in March Madness. Pippen is sitting there just enjoying March Madness, and Ewing passes by, makes some comment about his ex-wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something because it's he, he Pippen humiliated him right that dunk over in whatever, and Ewing's been waiting, waiting <laughs> to get him back, and he walks by him, makes a snide little comment about Marcus Jordan, and boom. There we go. We got Shannon Sharp 2.0. 
and it's just you know chef's kiss it's, it's, it's <laughs> oh yeah this is two for two i'm picturing ewing you know like you know he maybe takes off his suit he's wearing a milf manor shirt <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, just walks by Pippin, nod. Uh, <laughs> this is good. This is good. Um, okay, Nigel, what's your what's your uh, yeah your 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 athlete? What's the scenario? What's going down? Okay, before I even get there, did you know? Apparently, that sweater that Shannon Sharp was wearing that that cardigan. They're talking about thirty five hundred to five thousand bucks for that thing, which is just crazy. <laughs> Well, yeah, crazy a little tidbit that's that's delicious, yeah, but uh, not a celebrity, but or former athlete. But the Raptors and Devin Booker have unresolved this. The Raptor and Devin Booker, that uh, famous moment there when he told him kick them off the court, and the, I think I'd like to see a slap contest, two of them standing there. <laughs> The big raptor taking a wind up <laughs> and Devin Booker going to the floor. That's what I like to see. I'm glad that like you're the what you're the you're the one guest so far that is like honestly talk is cheap. I want to bring it, I want to bring it to real violence. I want to slap it on Which, by the way, I've accidentally seen a couple videos of. Those are so. You violent. don't have to feel bad about it accidentally. No, you scroll through Twitter and you see someone get slapped unconscious. I don't need that. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, you know, if you yeah, if you can't defend yourself, it's gonna hurt. Like it's not a slap. That's like a power clap. Um and in that scenario, I can't help but imagine the other raptors jumping in like to help out the like the I imagine the giant inflatable raptor coming in to help out. The baby ones, like oh yeah. Um my favorite, uh, by the way, is the big one. I, I do like that big. Big one. one's great. Um, uh, oh God, what, what, why am I um, blanking out? Who is the the raptor who covered for? Uh, it's not sticks. What was his name? Um, oh oh the, yeah, the, yeah, no, yeah. wasn't it the nine hundred five one? Nine hundred five. Yeah. What's that raptor's name? I thought um, it was something like sticks. No. It might, it's not it's not sticks. Uh, it's gonna kill me. <laughs> um, it's not sticks. Stevie Nicks. No. Um, uh, uh, it's stripes. Kill me. stripes. 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 Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Stripes. Oh, Samsonite. Way off. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, my scenario. Uh, I'm uh, I'm using the term sport loosely, uh, and uh, we're going to North Carolina for this one. Let me set the table for you. Uh, it's a tight game between the Warriors um, and Charlotte. You know, it's first half. Lamelo's doing some stuff. Um, Steph Curry's going off. Um, but, you know, every time something big in the broadcast happens, uh, all you can hear is the woo. And it's just the woo is kind of taking over. It's taking away from the game. That's Ric Flair. He's absolutely unhinged. He won't stop saying woo at the top of his lungs. He's screaming. It's affecting the, it's affecting everything. Del Curry covers the Charlotte Hornets. He starts to get a bit rattled. He's like, I can't think. This guy is screaming um, in my ears. And yeah, they're 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 on the same team here, but Ric Flair won't stop screaming. So Dell starts to get a bit rattled. And on his behalf, Steph can notice this. Steph goes over, calmly, t- like, talk to Ric Flair. 
Um, Ric Flair doesn't have it. He just gives him one of those wrestling slaps across the chest. Um, maybe like rakes his back or something. And then a full, full medley breaks out uh, from melee. Melee? I messed that up. I didn't stick the landing of my own scenario, but Ric Flair versus Steph Curry. That's what's going down. Uh, okay. Oh uh, right? Is that all right? Yeah, no. Mine was the worst answer. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's wrap this up with the last question. Uh, Jay, I'm going to go to you um, first here. Uh, and, you know, th- there was a, I think, not necessarily a huge trade, but I think the fact that it's... Okay, pardon me. Um, <laughs> was that Ric Flair's entrance music? Yeah, oh my God, Ric Flair's here. Um, <laughs> I know, but uh, that was amazing. Um, <laughs> glorious ring, by the way, whoever's ring that is. Um if you're in the streetcar and that thing goes off, people are like, fuck that guy. Um, no, uh, it's uh, so Rui Hachimura uh, from Washington uh, and Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks. Um, uh, then is there any other players in that? Um, I think that was it. Yeah, I, th- I think that was it. Uh, so, um, Jay, give me your take on this trade, uh, which is maybe the kind of like, you know, free uh, uh the trade deadline like you know initiator um and 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 also like what's a big trade you see coming in this deadline i agree with you this is definitely the the appetizer of what should be a, a pretty interesting trade season um i i think from what i've generally seen it's it's that this was a, a home run for the lakers and i'm a little bit confused by that mm-hmm. i get it like rehab hachimura has has a more runway to improve and he'll be playing alongside LeBron. So you can see how that scenario playing out very well, but, um, and also it's, again, it was like, you, you managed to like offload Kendrick Nunn and you only, only had to get, you didn't have to give away any of your precious first round picks, but I I'm thinking of it more along the lines of like, we, there is a history. There's about 20 plus years history here of how to construct a team around LeBron and the Lakers continue to F it up. It's surround him with shooters, and they continually don't do that. It's very perplexing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that this is a win for the Lakers, necessarily. Mm. And then it also creates this glut at the big area. Like, and Anthony Davis is eventually going to come back, and he'll be chewing up 40-plus minutes. And then you have a scenario where this – actually really hilarious scenario where it is – Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant battling for minutes when they did the exact same thing for Washington. I'll take it one step further. The Lakers traded for Russell Westbrook to save him from the Wizards team that had Bryant, Hachimura, Uh, and Troy Brown Jr. They're all together again. So (laughs) it goes back to the point, I think it's one of your colleagues around the Republic, I believe it was Matt Chance who who mentioned it. Um, When you have a chance to be the eighth seed, uh, recreate the eighth seed uh, wizard, absolutely have to do that because that's what they're going for here. I don't, uh, this is mind boggling to me. So going back to my original point about this being the appetizer for the trade season, Nunn's name was mentioned quite a bit in all of those different variations of trades that the Lakers were going to do. So the fact that he's now gone off that team and they're, they're, you know, kind of like going with Rui Hachimura, um, kind of says something to me that like they're they're not going to wait any longer to make some moves. So uh, you know if they're going to be making moves, 
this is just the first of many, so mm-hmm. the first of multiple. So uh, it should be interesting. Uh, I'm kind of glad that this happened now because th- that's what trade season's all about. It's like get that first one out of the way, and let's see where the dominoes fall after that. Um, right on. And uh, what is there like if you had to predict an- another trade? Oh, right, coming. Right. Well, what would it be? Oh, uh, I didn't quite think this through. So, uh, <laughs> That's okay. I'm going to buy myself time and ask Nigel to jump in. I love his, it. his take uh, while I think of something because I, I think there is something, but I need more time. Fair, fair. Uh, N- Nigel, yeah. Like, well, what do you think about what Jay said about the trade? Uh, I think Jay just killed it. Like, yeah. Me too. He, made, he just took the whole floor away. Thanks, Jay. I hate you very much. Uh, you know what I was going to say, but. I got nothing else to do, so I'll say it anyway. Uh, fills a position in need. Um, they're not getting any of their first round draft picks. Pardon me if you've heard this from Jay already, but blah blah blah. He's good. Uh, I think one thing is for Hachimura. I think it's a good thing. Um, he's in a place where he's wanted. I guess is is what he wanted to be. Right? He gets all of a sudden that gravity of dealing with LeBron and AD. It should open up a ton for him. Uh, and defensively, everyone, he's like average, right? That's what everyone says. So you put AD behind him and boom. That should make, it should be it should be good for Hachimura, if anything. And yeah, what the heck are the Wizards doing? I don't know. It's, in a vacuum, this looks like ridiculous for them. But let's see what, what comes out of this in the long term. I don't think you can judge this right now. Maybe, hopefully they're not that crazy, right? Otherwise, I, there's got to be something that's going to come along with this. Yeah, I think it is sort of the the, the domino. Um, and I'll, I'll just add before we go to you know potential trade. Uh, I uh, just looking. Rudy is a career average point uh, three five six three point shooter. Uh, last year he shot uh, almost like you know forty four percent from three. So I am interested to see what the gravity can do. That was only in 42 games, by the way. But um, I am interested to see what he can do with more space. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's kind of let's, let's spin this off quick here. Just uh, you sort of firing line, uh, Nigel. What's a if you see a crazy trade in the pipeline here? What is it? I don't see anything crazy. All I see for sure, only thing I can really tell for sure is Jakob's gone. I, I just they're not going to keep him there. Like he's got to go. Yep. Um, I think it's a, I think Jakob's definitely on the table. Jay. Um, I, I still don't know what there is, but I think that there will be something. I think the Lakers will, you're, you're definitely going to hear from the Lakers again. Um, they, they obviously don't like, they can't tank, right? Their, their pick is not even theirs this year. So they have to keep moving. And the brewery move is just one of many. So I, I don't think that that's where they end in terms of big names. I don't know. Right. Like, I, I'm inclined to say one of Buddy Heald or Miles Turner, but they've been on the block for as long yeah. as they've been a pacer, right? Yeah. Um, but it's got to happen at some point, right? So that's that's what I'll hitch my my wagon to is one of the pacers are going to go. Um, man, I don't like that answer, to be honest with you, but I got to pick someone. Like there has to be something. And, and if I'm going to make it Raptors related, I would say that it's probably Gary Trent Jr. That's probably going to be gone. One more point on, on Washington, because um, I think we all kind of agree that, that what are they doing here? That also helps the tanking, right? Like, so uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe – actually, no, wait, that was, that was vice versa. That actually helps them tank more. So yes. disregard what I just said. Um, so, yeah, if I did pick a name, I guess I'm going to go with Gary. Um, uh, I'm thinking he's halfway out the door already. 
Yeah, I, I'm actually with you. I, I, you know, I think Turner and Heald have been on on the block forever, but I think that you know Turner, especially with the unrestricted, it's like okay, I don't think Indiana thinks he's resigning, and I feel like something's got to give there. Um, they're waiting for the best offer. Maybe him and Pirtle are, you know, maybe that's a competition there for assets. Um, and then I'll also add uh, the Suns and the Blazers both interest me as far as direction. Like in the same way that everyone's trying to kind of like, you know, sharks are, you know, circling the Raptors. I think sharks are kind of circling those teams as well. Just be, you know, a lot of it's expectation based, but um yeah, that, that does it for the pod. I want to keep it under an hour here. Uh, let's bring in Maddie D. Um, uh, and we'll say a couple things. But uh, first, uh, I want to go to you, Nigel. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to let people know? So, yeah, um, tomorrow I'm doing my first interview with a player, David Johnson, uh, with the 905, um, kind of looking at a young man struggling to find to achieve his dreams, how he's going to get there, what he's done in the past. So I, I'm really excited about that. And I'm really like to make sure you have a beer with you guys down at the, the Rivoli. Hope to see all of you, Jay, come on down. Freddie. Yeah. Maddie D, of course. I know Maddie's fine, so we got to do this. Okay, yeah, Maddie. Maddie's fine. <laughs> Big money, Maddie. Um, wow, I'm, I'm excited for that David Johnson article, and uh, thank you so much for joining, Nigel. Oh, thank you um, very much. We'll make sure to, uh, you know, uh, plug your socials, but, uh, yeah, everyone check out Nigel. Um, and, uh, Jay, what's up? What do you want to plug? Oh, you got that mute going. Oh, there you go. I'm playing with the mute button. Uh, no, you can find all my work on Raptors HQ. Uh, we are part of SB Nation, if you caught word, of, of Vox Media making a bunch of cuts. Our podcast was one of those cuts. But the good news is that our podcast is not going anywhere. Yes, we will no longer be on Raptors HQ, but you can still follow That's Rap Pod. And we're still going to keep going, even if awesome. we're not on SB Nation. So you can catch us th- there. We We record every friday um but yeah you can also catch my uh, weekly article the the wrap-up which looks at the games of the week for the raptors and that comes out every monday actually this week's just came out today so make sure you check it out yeah check it out um uh sorry to hear about hear that but also i'm glad you're you know keeping on because uh hey that's what it's about um uh, Matty D, uh, I'll, I'll let you kind of finish with the plugs here yeah. uh but first i just want to say um uh, what uh, you know? Thanks for everyone for all the support. We are we're back to going weekly here uh, on the pod. And um, when I was in Puerto Rico, uh, I made sure to get Matt something. Um, we all know his favorite film. He watches it every day. So I got him a Toon Squad hat. Um, I'll be giving him the Toon Squad hat. Wow! Uh, anything you ever wonder about Space Jam, you can ask him. He watches it every day. Uh, Matty D, I'll let you take it away here. Oh, wow. I did not see that coming. It's inching me a little closer to uh, finishing that movie for the first time. I want to get your hopes up, though. Yeah, you need the hat. But (laughs) 
can't wait. Can't, and I will say thanks for listening to the podcast. If you were listening on the podcatchers, great. If you watched us on YouTube and saw the couple segments we put on, please go to the podcatchers. You can listen to the full episode there. Make sure you go to raptorsrepublic.com. That's where you can listen to us, and you can read all the great articles, as well as pay for the paywall to get the more premium articles and stuff that are written by our great writers. I'll say it again. We do have the live show coming up on the 7th, and that is two days before the trade deadline. So there'll be a lot of speculation and fun talk and great basketball minds. So, yeah, make sure you check it out. And thanks again. Amazing. Thanks so much, everyone. And uh, Matty D, if you feel like we're done, we're good to go. Please just give me those words I love so much. Okay. Okay. Listen to full episodes of the Confederacy of Dunks only on the Rapcast. 